0: well <clears throat> hi there everybody it's one of those evenings with a little horsingitis you know you get a little dried out up here in the mountains but if you don't know you get a little dried out up here in the mountains how's that sound this is the ufo report with me what's his name michael horn this is show three our third show on our news station and we are very grateful for don and bbs for this opportunity. So um, we're going to talk tonight, you know, as, as I said, we, we we don't focus as much on UFOs as the title and the background here might, uh, you know, indicate. So just we'll, we'll leave that up for the UFO segment here. There is a UFO, <laughs> UFO segment here, horsingitis and brain all at once. So <clears throat> tonight we've got an a bit of territory to cover. We'll see how much of it we can do this week. Uh, Where ufology got stuck. And uh, this is something that I think is actually very important in terms of understanding what's obviously worked, what hasn't worked, what may have worked that we don't see working yet. So in terms of ufology, step one if you will, is the eye candy, the craft themselves, the UFOs, uh, the lights in the sky, if you will, the phenomenon of extraterrestrial, presumably extraterrestrial craft, indicating thereby the existence of actual extraterrestrial life forms who found us to be so important that they came from whatever great distance to our world to appear in our skies. Hmm, I wonder why. So tons of people get stuck here with the eye candy. They get lost in the phenomena. and they're also very often just seeking entertainment, uh, distraction, significance, even imagining themselves to be contactees, abductees, researchers and investigators and experts, all with no real credentials. No background that would give oh, let's say some precedents for their funneling themselves into this it's just it's an attractive topic, but they have they bring no evidence and no particular skills for the most part i've yet to hear from any certainly in social media uh the people that I hear from that do have apparently enough qualifications by virtue of their thinking and what have you are the people that seem to show up visiting the Figu and Billy Meyer-related sites and channels like ours. The contactee-abductee thing is especially interesting because leaving the absence of evidence aside, there's this unwarranted self-importance. Lots of people with channels and sites and all, and it's all kind of regurgitating whatever they have found, oftentimes from so-called experts and government whistleblowers and authorities over the years and it's basically rehashed they have nothing of let's see nothing new from their own investigation now this could be seen as a big generalization and since we're going to be doing interviews on the show starting tonight, I'm glad to say I am open to any of these people in these communities that includes the UFO community, remote viewers. It doesn't go much past that, I'm afraid. Uh, Scientists, people who think that they have evidence and that they want to bring it to the discussion and with real evidence not to be, you know, chided and ridiculed about it. So that is something we're open to. We actually get a nice lineup of people who have responded to the invitations. All right. That'll be revealing itself in the weeks to come. So after this step one, the eye candy UFOs, lights in the sky phenomenon that people, you know, get all stuck on. The next step, if you will, is the higher standard of proof. This is very important because if even in the Meyer case, in terms of this brilliant, wonderful evidence, if you remain focused on the UFO phenomenon part, you won't get into the higher standard of proof. Now there's a a bit of an intermediary step to be sure. So I'll just explain it. And that is the information overall presented by oftentimes, you know, presented to and published by, but published by Billy Meyer in the contact reports, the biographical, the historical, the all sorts of fantastic information that, you know, warrants study. Now, in and of itself, not all the information would be immediately considered the higher standard of proof. So let me explain what I mean by that higher standard of proof. Higher standard of proof is the abundance of Billy Meyer's specific, <clears throat> prophetically accurate, scientific, geopolitical, environmental to be sure, medical, and economic Information. That means information that he verifiably published years, decades prior to the occurrence of events foretold, prior to discoveries that were foretold, pro- predicted, prophesied, however you want to call it. And when I say verified, verifiable, that means in this case, that there is the very simplest, most basic, fundamental, and important methodology for presenting proof of first publication. It's known as a copyright. Copyright obviously doesn't mean that whatever is copyrighted is necessarily true. It does mean that it was published by the date presented. And that usually, you'll find, well, in any legitimately published books, you generally can find that copyright date right there. Now, the thing about Myers' information, we've culled about 250 or more at this point, specific examples of this higher standard of proof, this prophetically accurate information. And the first thing we did was to cull it from the four volumes of the contact, the messages from the Pleiades, and the preliminary and supplemental investigation reports, all published by Wendell Stevens. So for those who aren't familiar with what I'm speaking about, the contact reports, Billy's transcripts of his conversations with the alleged extraterrestrial Pleiaron are transcribed by him at some point after he has the contact and the conversation. And he brings them forward from a telepathic feed. These, trans, well, these conversations are stored in a very highly sophisticated technological device of some form that not only records them but then it transmits them back to Billy not in the Swiss German in which they are actually recorded when Billy and the play are and are speaking Swiss German to each other or high German if they go back and forth. No it's transmitted to him by a device in symbol pictures symbols and these symbols convey Concept or words, phrases, he is simultaneously receiving them telepathically, translating them into Swiss German, and with his one hand, typing them out in German on the keyboard. And you know, German is, well, if you don't know, German language, when a a noun, when you are typing or writing a noun, first letter is capitalized, unlike. In English, for sure. Sometimes there are capitalized uh, words, you know, first letters. But in the case of German, it's always that first letter of the noun. So he's got a cap lock thing, and he's going back and forth while he's doing this. And the stuff's coming at him at whatever speed. And he has been known to and filmed doing this at about 100 words per minute or more with his one good hand. Okay, so that's the mechanism. That's how that works. And then he hands the transcripts over to somebody at FIGU, someone in his group, for them to sign off on it on a date. And it is gone over by one or more people for spelling errors, basically. Because he can make mistakes. Anybody can. And if you are doing that process, even if someone was sitting there and you're like a court reporter they've got to be very pre- precise two hands people are speaking whatever speed they're speaking and they have words they have their, their keys are different as, as some of you may know than a typewriter billy is using a, a standard german keyboard and away he goes one hand so these conversations don't always have prophecies or predictions in them and sometimes prophecies and predictions from the play are the the prophets of past and or Meyer are published as documents unto themselves and with dates going back to the books because the books are, you know, were put out when they were, they have these copyright dates and we can legally determine the outside date of the publication of any document. It may actually have been first transcribed by Billy even earlier than the date in Wendell's books, of course. But we go by those dates for the most part. And they have, to date, proved to be enormously uh, you know, valuable to this process because there's a lot of these either conversational bits of information where Billy asks something and they tell him and it's just in the flow of uh, of the conversation as well as in places where they have given him specific predictions or he has recited some of the ones that he's made himself and even going back to when he was a child of 10 and 12 years old. So this is overall a, a body of information that we can prove to a legal standard. And then, of course, that means that if it's was published then, and the scientific information is correct to a scientific standard, when it was published. And that is astounding, because in so many cases, it simply presents ironclad evidence of space travel, and even more importantly, or amazingly, time travel as well. Now, when I said space travel, and I'm lingering here a little bit before I get to step three, When Meyer has published specific information, as he has, in the 1970s, that's in these books about black holes, specific information about Mars, Venus, Jupiter, the moons of Jupiter, all this stuff, when he's published that, and we can prove that it was published before official discovery, it means that we're looking at information, Brought forward somehow by a man at a time in history when neither he nor anybody else on the planet had the technological capability to bring forward specific error-free information about things so distant and far from us that it would only be when we had advanced telescopes and probes and perhaps, uh, you know, astronauts going somewhere that we could Gain that information. And as some of you also know, this has totally perplexed scientists or fellow up at the USGS could not deal with the fact that Billy Meyer verifiably published a ton of information specific about Mars, the water, the uh, content of the canals, what it was composed. I mean, just lots of stuff where the ice was goes on and on. He just made, is he just making lucky guess? No. So that's, to me, step two, when people are moving into the contact reports and reading that, and then they're going to the prophetically accurate information, and they have, let's say, emerged out of the main preoccupation of eye candy, of UFOs. Step three, the creation energy teaching, you come to find out that There really is a reason, and this is always in ufology, the unasked question among Mm -hmm. others. If this is true, what's the reason for it? We do want to know the reasons for things. Now, this is, in and of itself, if true, the most amazing development story material in all of science and human history. But why? Why us? How did this happen? And the answer I give is because this material, especially between steps two and three step one but two and three this is the key to our very threatened future survival it means we come in this higher standard of proof we start thinking about this wait a minute it's not a one-off or two or five there's dozens and hundreds of these and they're not theories they're not guesses and they're not wrong so far what's the reason we'll start thinking yeah it's about us. If if this is true, what else do they know? What else are they telling or trying to tell us? Uh, well, you find a lot of the answers to that in the prophetic material because they're warning all the time about the things that are coming and what we should do. Now, in the creation energy teaching, that is the core of the whole thing because that is a teaching of universal truth of love the teaching of the creation energy part piece of every human being you know formerly known as the human spirit the teaching about how consciousness works people have used the term mind which billy says is not accurate How this works what parts of the human being in the material and semi-material that we don't even know anything about all of that and more True morality, ethics, what is all of this? How do people learn to to tune to the the way to live a title of one of Billy's books? Well, they do it also through learning the might of the thoughts and other things that's also a title title of Billy's book and it's featured <clears throat> pardon me in the blog announcing tonight's Show if this is a show with discussion, a monologue, it'll be many things. So we move then from look at that, what is that in the sky to um, thoughts lead to feelings, not the other way around. And then you get a little other thought in there that leads to your decision, your action, so you can decide if you're going to. Do this or do that or not do anything or only do what you, I mean, it just keeps on going. That's, you know, not even a teaser right there. So it's bringing us actually to this discussion about the the war in your world, the war in our world, in my world, any of ours, in a world gone mad with aggression, violence and destruction, right? said that in the beginning of the thing. In a world going to well how do we deal with the wars in our own personal and interpersonal world this is another element obviously of the teaching because the thinking feeling thinking acting cascade if you will is a core part as as we said of the teaching the might of the thoughts how they work so we are learning to see things as they really are a neutral positive equalized balancing where the negative and the positive both have to be seen for what they are and brought into that balance because you don't really only have positive when you're in a consciousness developing pursuit life and you don't only have negative you have to Because we know every day in our life. So in the world at large, the macrocosm out there, we have enough evidence of the war in our collective world, which is, of course, a reflection of the war within us as part of humankind. This isn't a lecture to you. We know that. And we know also, certainly from the Meyer material and from other sources, that in order for this world to become peaceful and wonderful and all, all of the individuals, we'd have to all be deciding progressively to come into embracing the teaching of the truth of this, of the life, of the creation energy. We'd have to align ourselves with those principles and have them greatly supersede uh, egoism, egotism, uh, self aggrandizement. Fame, fortune, acquisitiveness, amassing for the sake of amassing, and living, you know, truly consciously and consciousness wise, evolved lives. So I used in my blog the term using emotional Tai Chi because, you know, in the past six, eight weeks, I went and took something I have, which is a consciousness workshop. And I inserted into it some of Meyer's material that actually explains beautifully. I explain my process, but his explanations of these things are, of course, more eloquent, deeper, more comprehensive. When I had created the workshop and I'd sent it off on a DVD to him some years ago, asking him if I should keep it on a separate site somewhere and not intermingling it with my uh, own work and you know promoting things on the blog the teaching and the contact reports he said no no do this every opportunity at the end of every lecture that you give or presentation out there in the world which of course have, since the uh, pandemic was raging i have not been out there doing that but he said, do this at every opportunity and with the addition of his additional explanatory information i personally think and i'm not the biggest promoter in the world but i i do say this is something of value and i'll tell you what's happened for me about it recently um there's been an enormous amount of work that i'm just very happy has come my way in terms of this things to do at the same time it's it's been tiring and my habit is to go to sleep At a a reasonable time, but I end up waking up within four hours of going to sleep. And so I try herbs, and then there's calm with calcium and make. And sometimes these things work to a certain degree. And when they don't work, then it creates for me an anxiety that I'm not going to get enough rest. So like two nights ago, I had gone into a wonderful deep sleep, and I woke up. It was about midnight or one, and I went, oh, no. And I thought, wait a minute. Why don't I do my own process on myself so that I'm not in anxiety, at least, and help the energy to flow and to circulate so that the natural sleep cycle can begin to re-present itself to me. So the last two nights, when that seemingly inevitable, I'm awake and it's dark out, happens, I go to my little process, I'm lying there in bed, because even though it's... I taught it standing. It evolved out of some standing Qigong work. It works in any posture. And I had a certain delight come over me because when I started doing it the first night, I was pretty, you know, janged up in there. And by the time I was done, I kind of took note that, ooh, things are flowing again. I don't remember anything for the next four hours because then I fell asleep. So I thought I'm going to tell people about this within this context because anything that helps us to deal with the war in ourselves. The war can be, you know, certainly conflicts with others. We here have have had to deal with some issues with neighbors that took a lot of very delicate, patient, and firm, uh, you know, conduct, but loving and and as neutral as positive to settle down some situations that arose in around us, everybody, you know, in, in seeing others as being, just the many universes that we see ourselves to be is very helpful because we're less blameful we can catch ourselves more quickly move back to neutrality it can be a challenge so point being i'm going to tell you that if you go to the blog if you want that go look at the you know testimonials and see if something like this because this is a process that i realized after i've been teaching it You don't have to do it just this way. Once you get the hang of what the principle of this is and how you're dealing with yourself inwardly, it's consistent with any meditative process. And maybe you'll find benefit from that. So let's move on to more confirmation of Meyer's predictions that are unfolding. Now, I know that people are, are pretty aware that things are going a bit, shall we say, haywire in the world in many ways. There have been uh, some recent headlines, and and they don't stop. I mean, we've had headlines today that I didn't even have time for. You know, there's all sorts of stuff, of course, happening always with Trump. It's all about him, and now he's getting to be all about him. I don't know that he's loving it, but uh, he's going to make the most of it, and that's not going to necessarily look real good for us. So there was an article about Capitol police agents strained to probe increasing threats against lawmakers. And, well, why that struck a chord for me was that I recalled that um, there was some stuff that happened and it was on January 6th. And I noticed when, after a while that I, I was paying attention to it because Meyer had said something, it popped into my mind in 2017, and I've gotten gotten it written down here so I can actually read it off since I don't know where else to find it. Um, In the future, the USA and the U.S. governors will be exposed to very frequent threats, 2017, which will come from both state and non-state acting persons who are hostile towards the government and state as well as from great parts of the US population, whereby the US population will split into different population groups for which the basic factors have already been created, and consequently, the US population already in the current time, 2017, separates into different groups. Now, in pardon me, in that same contact from 2017. Because that's speaking about something there where the splitting up, he's already foretelling this in 1981, the coming U.S. civil wars. And further in the 2017 information, the predictions and prophecies, he says, also in the USA, the population shall get dispossessed as a consequence of the worldwide financial crisis, which will lead to the incensed and partly heavily armed population being advanced on by military and police powers with evil give out, violent force. So there was that headline that popped up. You know, there it was. And then I noticed that there were other headlines that were, uh, you know, definitely pertaining to this tension, this buildup of things with Trump and what have you. And I'm I'm going, well, you know, this is the progression and and people don't want to... Apparently, pay attention to this. Then there's another headline of a different nature. And that is that unexpected mutations from popular um, COVID antiviral drug corroborate. Meyer, that's my version of the headline. The actual headline is warning as popular COVID antiviral drug is driving unexpected mutations. Well, I don't want to be thrown off of YouTube again. So I'll simply tell you that you can search the blog and find ample evidence going back to the 1940s where Billy Meyer is spelling this stuff out. He's giving the warnings. He's uh, he's trying to help wake people up. And in so doing, uh, a lot of positive and a lot of negative things have happened. The pressures on Billy Meyer and the group, the FIGU group, have increased manyfold. It's very, very difficult things that are going over there that we can't go into in great detail. But the escalation of war and nuclear threat, which was also a bullet point, I'll tell you that that has to do <clears throat> Pardon me, with the announcement about the testing that has increased In American, Chinese, and Russian, or the presence and activities at atomic nuclear, you know, nuclear testing facilities. So that's the war outside that we don't want to contribute to. We certainly don't want to receive it. And we want to be healing that within ourselves so that we're not at war with everything, including ourselves. There's a lab-grown meat center in Brazil now. There's a big story about that. And of course, that's also a conflict because a lot of people are very much against that type of development foretold by Billy Meyer as early as 1995 or earlier, but at least then. And of course, there are going to be, in any technological developments, imperfections, and you have to correct things and all. But the anti-lab-grown meat thing is extraordinary and even i'm sure among some people that are vegetarians they're they're concerned but this is where as, as billy has said in the past the fight against genetic manipulation and engineering will be irrational it will hold back and retard development which is not to say that all gm gmo things are by any means great but there are those developments that are great or that are on their way to solving great problems that bother us and otherwise are not going to be solved by doing the same old, same old. Now, a a quick note, because I have an interview I want to start soon. And that interview um, is going to be with Brigitte Dirac, and she's going to roll as well. Brigitte is quite interesting. And before that, I'll just talk briefly. uh, I got on, on our blog... Uh, Bruce Bruce Lola well, uh, posted a link to a uh, two-minute and change video with a guy named Dr. Shiva, who's now running for president. And he has a lot of uh, – there's other videos, now, and I've seen one before. So I know this isn't just the only way he deliver, delivers, but I, many of you don't know anything about phonograph records and because it's a whole other – Way back generational thing, they used to have 78, 45, and 33 RPM speed records. So, pardon me, in that sense, Dr. Shiva speaks at 78 RPM, and I want to hear it more at 33. Or we could say, when you're fast-forwarding something and you get that Mickey Mouse kind of thing, it's pretty close. Now, just to say this, I have not studied Dr. Shiva's thing. From what he's presented, oh, it sounds great. The only problems that immediately came up for me, he was putting out figures about how many people in the last election had voted for for Trump, how many had voted for Biden. And these figures, you know, X percent, this one, X percent, that one, which is, of course, how these elections are decided. And in looking at those figures, what I realized, because he was talking about people think it's all the deep state, but it's also the elite and this and that, um, I thought if there were so many people that chose to vote for either of these people, and here's Dr. Shiva making this impassioned plea for people to join his movement, sign up. he's got to recruit a lot of these people. Is he sure he really wants to do that? Because obviously people who might be self-thinking uh, people, many of whom might like what he's doing and want to sign up, they're far in the minority. So this whole thing of thinking for ourselves and not buying into the actors that he called them, who we don't know that he's not an actor. He's acting a bit like an actor. And again, he might have a great you know program here, but he even says from here on out, the true leadership is going to come from the ground up. And in that couple minute things while he was explaining how many things are wrong in the world i'm not sure that i know that what he is proposing to do is presented there or if it's the real solutions but another question if you know that the real game is run and controlled by the elite whether it's the deep state the military industrial um as one person and with your movement however how do you think if you got into the presidency you are going to succeed in pulling this off. So this is where, in terms of our world, we may choose to vote for somebody who's... he, He speaks about, let's not vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, we, the people, have to be changing enough in our consciousness that step three, the study of the creation energy teaching and all that's in there, to be evolving our consciousness... And a lot of things thereby start radiating from the swinging waves and the way we behave with each other. It's a slower process. It's not going to be the next guy or woman in office solves the problems. I think from what Billy has published over the decades, we can be pretty sure that good as that person may be, that isn't going to answer the agenda, the the causal actions for centuries and even millennia are heavy and they're bringing forward their results their consequences so i'm going to ask for our uh, technological experts here whose you know guidance i need for certainly for getting brigitte on to please activate the screen or the 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 part piece of the screen there is brigitte dirac Hi, Brigitte. How are you?
1: Hi, Michael. So nice to see you. You have a baby face. What's that? You have a baby face.
0: I assure you, it's got to be the lighting. There's no. A lot of it. No? It's
1: very good. Yeah. Hmm. I find you hmm. very relaxed. <laughs> I'm good, Michael. Thank you.
0: A baby face. Oh Well, thank you. So let's do this. Can we hear from you, some background information like who are you, and a little bit about your history, and just that stuff. And then I've got a few specific questions that I'm going to want to ask you as well.
1: Very well. Uh, yes, my name is Brigitte. My last name is Dorock. I'm originally from Belgium. I moved in uh, 1982 to Texas with my family. The situation back then was the same as it is today with the with the situation with Ukraine. Back then was the Cold War and the Reagan area. So about twelve Belgian families decided to to look elsewhere. There was real estate agents in Europe selling land in Texas. Then I went to the University of Texas, uh, majored in languages, basically Spanish since. I made it to Texas, I might as well pick up English and Spanish and international relations. Uh, I graduated and looked around and I said, you know, Texas could use some culture. Texas (laughs) could use some foreign invasion of some sort. So open the language company. And um, I still have it, it's been 30 years now. And uh, everything has grown. Everything has changed. Uh, I saw in it a lot of um, how the United States is, a lot of the companies, and a lot of the foreigners. So I had both of them in my office. They were trying to do business together. (laughs) So I didn't have to travel. It was all right there. And Mm. then um, I always had an itch about, you know, what's really going on. And then in 2016, I decided to put everything aside and do some searching. I uh, went to see, um, well, I wanted to know what spirituality was about. So I went to see a a spiritual healer here in Austin. And her name is Yvonne Self. So a couple sessions, she told me, oh, Bougie, you are from Sirius. (laughs) Oh, I am? Yeah, I don't know if it's planet A or B, but you're from Sirius. You're not a a Pleiadian. I had no knowledge of Sirius and Pleiadian. And by the way, your ancestors are Dogon. I said, what? Yes. And so I started doing the research, what is Sirius, what is Pleiadians? what is Dogon, which you just had a poster on it recently, which... I uh, didn't comment on it, but, and from Billy Meyer.
0: Mm, thank you. Well, this is a lot right there, doesn't it? Then you found Billy Meyer. Well, what is your current perspective of the U.S.?
1: So, having somewhat grown up into the country and having left a place where I did not even know my own country, because I was too young to get to know Belgium. I questioned the United States for many, many years, wondering where this energy came from, how they are the, the way they are, why they think the way they think and behave the way they behave. And today, um, my current observation of the United States, it feels like I'm in a big grocery store, and instead of buying, you know, my little coffee, which I have two selections of, I have hours of choices. And no matter where I look, everything is too much. Too much. I, Churches, for example, there's all kinds of churches here blue, white, green, neutral, and I can't even say the names. Uh, too much choices on food, for example. You know, you can eat Korean, Chinese, Italian. I mean, it's nice for a while, but after a while, you, you just stay away. And this is where, this is how I have lived since the 90s, is just to stay away because I simply cannot make decisions. It confuses me. And I just said no to a lot of things. I was involved with the country, don't take me wrong, but I did not buy into the things that, that I guess the consum- consumerism you would say. And as a result, I was able to remain kind of like on the side road or on the side. And it's so easy to follow Billy because obviously what I see is the people are confused. There's so much drugs. I never imagined America would have the drug problem that it has. I mean, people on the street, like zombies, I did a little campaign on that. and You would want to run to Billy with with everything that you see, especially for the natives, you know, they must be, it must be very difficult for them. But as you say, you know, it's, there's the system that they are having a hard time to detach from maybe. And as a result, when you come with the billy matter your material, the brain just shuts down and Mm. It's in and out, or they just cannot even imagine, you know, it's true, or, you know, they are so used to having bombardments with fake stuff that the truth is mm. non existence And that's how I see the United States.
0: Well, let me ask you then, how do you see that you have benefited yourself from the study of the Meyer material? And let me say, in other words, here you are in this massive overstocked supermarket of a culture, so to speak, with so many people that are troubled and, uh, you know, hurting and addicted and all this stuff. And that wasn't what you came from, but you came from a whole other culture. So with Billy's material, how does it benefit you in terms of your everyday life in this mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. So
1: since I stay with the basics, you know, for example, I still use cassettes. You know, that's how basic I am. When I came to the breathing material, then I was. It's I was able to really look within myself. I was um, able to um, acknowledge my weaknesses, recognize my weaknesses, work and uh, 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 see that I have things that i that needed attention. That uh, are yeah. not good for me. And I did not really realize it when I got into the material, because superficially everything was on kidori. I had to go in a deeper level. And the reason I was able to do that is because I did not give up on the material, I did not give up on your show, I did not give up on just learning, learning and eventually all the Bad things in me came out, mm-hmm. and that's when I got the material to make, to give me meaning. So I received a step-by-step um, approach or recommendation to become what is called now a true human being. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I really like the fact it's very mobile that I can take the teachings with me anywhere I go, anytime day found that very handy because I like to be busy and I got to be my own mental doctor
0: so mm. my own
1: mental um, <clears throat> plus this the physical aspect you know of the teaching too the the, the, the health benefits I mean everything on mm. the rest. so in this way it benefited me um very greatly but most important Billy's words Mm -hmm. Billy has ways of communicating (laughs) that I just meditate on his words sometimes I meditate on one word for the whole day Mm -hmm. and it's I don't know it has an effect on me how he speaks the books are almost written for me (laughs) and he takes me by the hand you know and it's a beautiful journey
0: Well, you know, um, as you're speaking about this, uh, you know, we we want to tell people that, you know, this thing, the the, the UFOs, these fantastic objects, this is, in what I was speaking about in the beginning of the show, this step one, this eye candy, but in these, and most, not all, but in these craft are true human beings, actual human beings, who assist Billy Meyer and who also study the teaching, the teaching that's published for them. I have a little story about that. Maybe we'll get to, but we forget. You see, nobody is ever asking, as I said, what's the reason for these contacts? It isn't even, you know, for all these great, great photos and films and everything, It's that's not, that's not why they're here. So what, what what do you like most about the material? I know you just said a lot of things that might even be some of that, which you like most, but do you have a, a most or most thing that mm-hmm. you
1: What I like the most is that I was able to remove my negativity. So many days I'm saying, I'm so glad I work for myself. I'm so glad I don't have this on me anymore. I'm so glad I have, gotten rid of this. That's the most important is that it um, transformed me by giving me room, open room in my brain to now really evolve. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was stuck for many years. And, you know, being sarcastic is a form of negativity for me. Mm-hmm. And I was sarcastic. I never get upset or angry but I become sarcastic and I know that about me. So I've got to, I knew, always knew that, about. anyway. So to me, having gotten rid of that um, uh, has allowed me now to constantly progress and constantly evolve. And uh, also the practice. I really like things that require practice. So right now, for example, I'm at the state where I'm making an inventory of my thoughts and film, just to log them in because during the day, I realize they pass by and mm-hmm. I may not catch them. So it's okay if I'm wanting to make a little faster progress, let me make an inventory just, mm-hmm. to, objective events, just to write them down. So that's what I'm doing this week, for mm-hmm. example.
0: Wow, well, you know you said something before I forget that you know about it helps you to get to know yourself and that is you know there's there's many quotes throughout history you know man know thyself and all this stuff but to to know oneself is ultimately quite a rewarding thing because uh, it isn't always easy and it isn't always pleasant obviously, but it's always opportunity and opportunity to grow to start feeling more about coming home to ourselves. Billy's got an affirmation in German and the English version is, I think it's I bring my consciousness home I let go of everything, I relax myself Uh, Ich bringe mein Bewusstsein nach Hause Ich lasse alles los und ich entspanne mich, something like this. And I remember when I saw that, and it was shown to me, and I thought, well, that's a funny one. What does that mean? You know, I I bring my consciousness home. You know, it didn't at first make sense, but this has a way, as do many of his words, like you say, you'll meditate on a word, uh, in, His uh, teaching parables, not so much parables, but rather, uh, let's say, the texts that he writes, a paragraph, a sentence or two, and it just brings you into that place of contemplation. And It it oftentimes does it differently each time you read it, as I think you know. So I found that 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 which you said is very true, and I think it's very true for many people who are consciously aware, they're working with the material, they want to bring their, evolve their consciousness. You know, Billy says the meaning of life is the evolution of consciousness. So I think the way you describe it, is there anything you'd like to add to what you've said about this? Please feel free.
1: Well, it's also the logical approach. There is nothing but and if and excuses and all the things that we see outside. Everything is, you know, as is so, you know, that's the way it is. And I feel very comfortable with this approach because I can follow the teaching with trust and confidence in myself and know that I'm making progress. Mm -hmm. That it's not like something I'm going to sign up for and then next week or next month or next year, oh my goodness. I wasted all my time, or I didn't get what I wanted out of it. So um, the one thing that um, is important for me is whenever I do fall back, you know, that I'm not in line with myself, or I see the, the, the need to work, or I need to something is off, or oh, today I felt great, I don't need to do this, so I go back, right? Whenever mm-hmm. I fall, not falling apart, but I fall on the sidetrack, whew, I feel it, and I pick up a book, in and within five minutes, I'm back to myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I found that to be incredible.
0: You then know, can uh, go back uh, to a
1: complete self within minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Brigitte, you spoke about the logic, and I initially thought, because the teaching is so full of logic itself and guides one to to think, to learn to think logically, even scientifically, and then in the last contact report, there was a lot of information from Billy about the value of feelings and and emotions, you know, usually, as he said, you know, mo- usually emotions are these things that are mainly like negative, but there are positive emotions. And he spoke about the need to develop feeling. And then in, in books, he talks about fine senses of fine feelings. The dimension of, of the teaching is great. And I, I thank you for coming on board and sharing your experience. You know how this has uh, come about in your life and what has come about in you from the study. So I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon. And thank you very much for sharing with our audience.
1: You're very welcome, Michael. This is my everything from the beginning until now that Mm -hmm. I took and did. So if it works for me, it works for everyone.
0: I know the feeling I mean, it works for me as should work for everybody. Well, thank you again, Brigitte. We will talk again soon. And right. good night to you. Yes, you're
1: welcome and salome, Michael. Salome. Salome. salome.
0: Peace on earth and to all beings and all that good stuff. Thank you. So um in talking about this, I am reminded I made myself a note because Uh, There was an email to me from a fellow, I think it's a fellow, named Dekavian. Sounds like more of a male name. And he was asking about, you know, the the difference, the important difference between uh, religion and the creation energy teaching as published, presented, brought forth by Billy Meyer. So I wrote him an answer uh, in the email or forum, wherever this thing was. And I thought, you know what? it's not a bad explanation. It's not the only explanation, but for something I have to do quickly, I thought it was fair enough. You know, it had enough balance to it. And um, just so you know, what we do very often is on the blog, we have many different topics, clearly, and we encourage the conversation for, uh, you know, people whenever they come and find the material, read and feel free to ask or to tell or to say or what have you. So I thought I would give you the response. I'm not going to call it an answer so much. I'll I'll give you the response I wrote to him and this I haven't looked at it yet today. I copied it down so I could read it, but I'm hoping it's as doable as uh, I remembered it. So I said to him Hi, DeKavian. I think you raise a very important point about the huge differences between the creation energy teaching and religions, colon, belief versus knowing. The fact is that we must come to know the truthfulness of the teaching through study, application, and testing of the teaching in our everyday lives. This requires practice, patience, consistency, self-honesty, close attention to our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Kind of like we were just speaking about a bit. In other words, complete self-responsibility for everything in our lives on a moment-by-moment basis. We don't fool ourselves or pretend that our lives have changed. We continually strive in this process and In time, we start to see the evidence to know that the application of the teaching is improving the quality of our lives, noticing the small or large things that are evidence of its truthfulness and of the immutable law of cause and effect, which is one of those foundational universal laws that are... So frequently evidencing themselves in our everyday lives, and are explained over and over in the teaching, and even in other laws. Like I was thinking the other day about the law of provision, which essentially—this is my version—I'm not reading. It's kind of like when you are living in a harmony whereby you are bringing forward to your best of your ability, exempt to exemplify and live by the. teaching there that it isn't that the universe comes down and bestows anything on you when you live in harmony with these laws that in and of itself brings forward cause effect that which helps to support and nurture you me whoever's doing this stuff so you know we live a pretty freelance life with with all this material and Trying to you know to create shows and blogs and press releases and books that are coming and all sorts of things, and that's done on spec, so that requires a certain amount of either insanity or trust, not belief, but trust in that the law of cause and effect, the law of provision, so that however, whenever, wherever, through, whoever, and how, <laughs> however. That which you need is brought forward and is present for you. And I've long come to decide that when you have what you need, as you determine it, then you're wealthy. Well, what if you need, do you have it? Do you need it if you don't have it? And this, to me, is that which liberates us from the dependence on and the habitual craving and and addiction to amassing the excessively unnecessary and the unnecessarily excessive, and thereby also recognizing that that gratitude, that thing that comes where we are glad and full of gratitude for life, is ever-present. So with that, I say uh, be safe, and serene, and solemnly, and Salomé. See you next week.